Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. It's Boomer and Geo on the fan and the CBS Sports Network. Boomer Size and Greg Giannotti. It's Boomer and Geo on the fans simulcast across the country on CBS Sports Network. And wherever you are in the free Odyssey app, good Monday morning. Championship Sunday is set after a fun divisional playoff weekend that ended with another classic between the Bills and the Chiefs. Patrick Mahomes and Josh Allen going at it. Just an amazing game that I'm sure is going to get a monster rating. Good game Sunday night. Deep freeze across the country. These two teams, close game. Most of the country was probably watching that, and rightfully so, last night. So we had a good game Saturday night. The Ravens pulled away from the Texans earlier Saturday. You had a pretty good game between the Lions and the Buccaneers as well, and it ended with the classic last night. So we will see. Only one more weekend, and we're going to find out who is in Vegas. Good morning, Don Corleone. How are you? Hey, dude. Good morning, G. <laughs> uh, you know, I can always tell how many people are watching the game just by the comments yeah. about what the hell I'm wearing. And I'm glad that what I was wearing stuck out more than the game did. It seemed like anyway, at least on my feeds. But uh, it's exactly the way Victor wanted me to look. And what Victor wants, Victor gets. And that's gets Victor Talbot, call. who was right. addressing you for these games. Exactly, yeah. man. It was great, man. I love it. Love love the pinstripe. And uh, I'll, I'll, have, I'll be rocking the pinstripe for the Super Bowl, too. So Are you? Get, get used to it, man. You're going to go back to it for the uh, Super Bowl? Oh, yeah. Look at that. Mm. That looks good. Hey, you know what? I'll tell you what. It's elegant, high fashion. Not everybody gets it. I understand that. That's okay. That's fine. You know, you could pull something like that off. You'd look good in that. Uh, but that's all right. Don't worry about it. I saw you busting my chops on the on the uh, you know on X. <laughs> I had to. I, I felt like everybody I, was waiting for me to say something. You know, it was like I, I had to. Everybody was. Everybody waiting was waiting something. for me. I had all these. I had more people tweet me yesterday than have in the last. I don't know how long. I felt like I had to say something. And that and that's what happens when you wear I something was, so elegant. That's yeah. just the way it goes. I can't tell. Look. It's not normally what I wear, but um, it's something that, you know, because it's the playoffs, you want to dress up a little bit more. You want to feel a little bit more 
more impactful, and certainly that was the case. So I, I'm all good. A lot of people didn't see the pregame show because we got covered up because the other game was still being played. Yep, yep, yep. And until uh, Baker Mayfield threw that final interception, I'm sure people then kind of flipped over and then everything else. But it was really halftime. And loved it. Loved every minute. Loved all the comments. Dave Portnoy. Uh, loved it. He chimed in. Whatever. Now, let okay. me just, before we get to the game, just quickly, how Eric, does this I come about? Say, Do you ask Victor Talbot, no. I want the pinstripes, or he tells you, I think you should be in the pinstripes, and then you go, you, well, yes. We, we sit down in the off season and we decide, okay, this is what we're going to do for the season. Uh, he picks out the patterns. Now, he's a little bit more flamboyant in, in terms of his, uh, his patterns uh, for patterns. me. Uh, so I sometimes I feel a little bit uncomfortable, but I have to tell you, I got a lot of compliments yesterday. Now, whether or not they're true or not, or they're just for Gazy, who knows? But uh, you know, it seems like some people really, really liked it. Some people really didn't like it, but that's you know what I'm going to do. I'm just going to continue to do what I do, man. And you're going to break it out again up. for the Super Bowl? Well, maybe not that one, a different one. Different color, maybe? A little different color, yeah. Double-breasted, different color pinstripe? Yeah, baby. All right, might I mean, as well. We are in Vegas, by the way. Might as well, yeah. Like, I can step it up. I can tell you that the biggest question I have is whether or not I wear a dark shirt or a light shirt, because I do have an electric tie. You have an electric tie? Yeah. So these are, big, these are big decisions we have to make. You know? Now, the other thing that... Every, said, you know, I'm privileged to be able to make those decisions. Yeah, yeah, yes, you are. The other thing people were tweeting me, they thought maybe the jacket was a little small because the one button was hanging on. Did you feel like you were... Fat, fat, did fat. you feel like you were constricted up there? A lot of No, people I will say that I, I did um, actually fit for these suits back in May. Mm. So... I know all about that. Yeah, now here we are Trust in me. December. You know, I was thinking about going on a bone broth diet, so we'll see. <laughs> Little <laughs> at hey, the I, end I, of the season, right? I mean, this hey, is this is the, you went through reading season. Whatever. There's a lot of work. I don't I, I don't really give what a, a fuck wild right. <laughs> I don't really <laughs> give a flying rip. It doesn't matter. Yeah. So uh, all I know is I'll be in Baltimore next Sunday. Yeah. Uh, it, hopefully it's going to be a reasonably nice day. It sounds like there may be a little bit rain in the long range forecast, which would really be disappointing because, uh, you know, I, you want to see everybody playing at their best. And I think the rain in San Francisco impacted that game negatively. Well, for it the was, Niners, at I least. Mean, yeah. I, mean, it was, I mean, it should have been a better offensive game totally. But it just it just wasn't. And then, you know, good for Brock Purdy that he was able to leave a fourth, fourth quarter comeback. When he had the ball last and he had to make plays, he made the plays. So that system quarterback showed up and showed how the system is supposed to work when you're making plays in the most important part of, you know, in the game. So and then last night, I think what we saw is that Buffalo just ran out of key players. You know, no Gabe Davis. Uh, so that means Sherfield has to play. He drops the ball. Steph Diggs drops a long ball. Uh, Josh Allen is playing heroic football, trying to will his team to win. Uh, their defense, especially at the linebacker level, was completely decimated. And you see A.J. Klein trying to run with Travis Kelsey. Uh, very difficult there. But you know, I think we got the two best teams, and I think we have the best matchup from a viewing standpoint because I do believe that Steve Spagnuolo and the defense of the Kansas City Chiefs is, is hopefully good enough to keep this game relatively close and then Patrick Mahomes, out of all the quarterbacks left, is the guy that's going to be able to handle the chaos and the just the, 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 the noise down there in Baltimore. And hopefully we have a really good AFC championship game, and it's close. Yeah. It comes down to the end, just like last night did. Yeah, I think I agree from a football standpoint, obviously, with the Chiefs winning this game and how good they looked offensively. Really, for the first time, they were clicking on all cylinders offensively. With, but it has something to do with the Bills' defense. No, like I understand. Defense but defense is not the same. But still, it's not like they played great defenses for... 
17 games during the regular season. You know, they, they struggled. And I think with, with, uh, Rice really coming into his own, Pacheco turning it on towards the end of the season and Patrick Mahomes just crazy championship elite greatest of all time mentality is what has, has brought them there. And obviously great coaching as well, as we know. But I, I did want from a storyline standpoint, as much as I don't love the Lions because I'm a Vikings fan, if you would have had two teams that had never won a Super Bowl, in the championship game and a potential matchup between those two, that would have been a lot of fun, or at least one of them getting there. And I do feel terrible for Bills fans. They are passionate. They are into it. There's not a ton of stuff to do in Buffalo. They are completely invested, and they got their hearts ripped out again by the same old villain. And, and I, it, it reminds me a little bit of the Knicks and Michael Jordan. You know, that's what it was kind of reminding me of. Like, you're really, really good, but you just can't beat him. Troy Aikman did that to Brett Favre. Mm. And as uh, Tom Brady did that to somebody, I forget I forget who he did it to. I think they're 3-0 and against, you know, their rivals, if you will, within their d- conferences. Maybe not their division, but within their conference. And it's interesting because Buffalo and Kansas City will play again next year during the regular season. That's how the, the uh, schedules will match up. And I think Jim Nance was talking about that yesterday. But it was uh, it was interesting because at the be- at at the outside of the game, Tony Romo was talking about the wind, which way the wind was going. So if you were watching on TV, the wind was behind the team that was going from left to right on your TV. And at the beginning of the game, uh, you know, if you win the co- coin toss, you can defer, and then uh, the second half, you can determine which way you want to go. And Buffalo determined that they wanted to have the wind at their back at the end of the game. So in the fourth quarter. And their kicker ends up missing a kick with the wind behind him. Yeah, I mean, and it just hooked right out of nowhere. And and of course, obviously, the wide right stuff. It's just, it, you know, how Jets fans will say things like, "I can't believe it." It's amazing. Everything you try to do ends up coming up crap. Well, yes, they're right about that. And with Bills fans, it, it's stuff like this. It's like getting to those moments and not being able to get over the hump. And then their worst nightmare in the history of the franchise, Scott Norwood, wide right, comes back to bite them in this situation. Now, it wasn't the reason they lost the game. It was a huge part of it. And making that kick is something you got to do when you're a professional kicker in a playoff game in your home stadium and you choose the wind, as you say. you got to make the kick. But, you know, Josh Allen missed a throw. And I know that Tony Romo said that Chris Jones pushed the the offensive lineman into him, and and that affected the throw. I don't think that it did. I think I, he, got, he just short armed. Yeah. Him. And by the way, that that was the. It seemed like the same play that Gabe Davis scored right two years that, ago. Two years ago, it seemed like right a seam, a seam route right down the middle. He had of him, play, and he had him wide open. But you know, Steph Dig drops one on the sideline. <laughs> you know, uh, Sherfield earlier in the game drops one. Yeah. This game could have been worse if McCole Hardman, former Jet McCole Hardman, yeah, uh, doesn't fumble the ball out of the end zone. Yeah, and of course that rule hopefully is gone oh. this off season and into next season. We all know how stupid it is, but it is the rule now. So immediately when you saw that, uh, you knew what was going to happen. But it's 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 the dumbest rule in the game. We've been over it a million times, and that probably would have been the thing we were talking about if the Bills had won. But man, I tell you, the, the Chiefs. We've been trying to, as NFL fans, find ways to poke holes in the Chiefs for a number of years. Going into last season, the division got so good. I mean, think about it. Now the Chargers had a great offseason, and the Broncos got Russell Wilson. And, and Sean Payton. Right, and Sean Payton. You know, and, and, and the Raiders are getting better, and all this crap that was going on there, and they go out there, and they win, and they win a Super Bowl. And then this year, I mean, I, I was guilty of it, too. 
They're not the same team. Offensively, they're not the same. Travis Kelsey, after a, a good start, has sort of fallen off. Uh, the defense is good, but this is the worst offense we've seen. One of these teams in the AFC is going to pick them off, and it hasn't happened yet. It could be the Baltimore Ravens, who looked awesome in the second half against the Texans. But, I mean, how do you bet against Patrick Mahomes at this point? Well, how do you do it? Well, I'll tell you, the Ravens, you take a look at their schedule, and you take a look at how they've just been kicking everybody's ass. And the fact that they did not garner one turnover against C.J. Stroud in Houston, that is a real uh, feather in the cap of C.J. Stroud, a rookie quarterback who doesn't throw an interception, doesn't fumble in the, in the, uh, in the pocket, doesn't fumble when he takes off and runs with the ball. That guy uh, played, I thought, his ass off, given the chaos that Mike McDonald's defense creates down in Baltimore, especially with the noise down there. Yeah. And so that kid handled it pretty well. But – you beat a team as bad, and, and you know the only way Houston scored was with the punt return. They had the field goal, of course, but they had the punt return. Other than that, they didn't get a sniff. And, I mean, that is kicking a team's ass. You get no turnovers, yet you beat them as bad as the Ravens beat them. That goes to show you just how good the Ravens are. And when you take a look at the Ravens and all the teams that they beat this year by at least 14 points or more or all these winning teams – uh, and that just goes to show you that, number one, the defense is good for sure. But Lamar Jackson's a different type of player. Now, he's playing the same way he's always played. But he is so much more focused and in on winning now that, of course, the story coming out of that Baltimore Ravens game was his tirade at halftime where he just went after everybody. Yeah, A younger Lamar Jackson was not going to do that. This is a new a different type of player that has different expectations for himself and his team. And he's acting like it. And they, they showed he he took off on one of these running plays that was called, and Ronnie Stanley is big left tackle, and he ran into each other. And you could see after the play was over, Lamar's on his back, and he's like screaming because Ronnie Stanley blocked the, the wrong guy. And if he blocks the right guy, he's probably still running. But, you know, the old Lamar doesn't do that. This is the new and improved Lamar where he is getting into the faces of his teammates. And sometimes that's good, and I think that's what John Harbaugh wants. And uh, and he basically lit into everybody at halftime in that second half. They just took it to another level, and Houston couldn't handle it. Yeah, I mean, maybe this is the time that, that somebody takes out Patrick Mahomes, but I, I can't bet against them anymore. Last year, I was all in on the Cincinnati Bengals in the AFC Championship game, and here comes Patrick Mahomes and beats him again. And yesterday, I was all in on the Bills, getting to the AFC Championship game. Patrick Mahomes does it again. So even if I convince myself that the Baltimore Ravens are going to beat the Kansas City Chiefs, I will not put a cent on the Baltimore Ravens. Patrick Mahomes has taken my money plenty at this point. And, you know, early in the game, I would tell you that Patrick was off. No, for sure. I you know, there, were, there were a couple guys he had opened that he had overthrown. When they were going left to right and the win was behind him, he was a little trouble negotiating that win, which I could totally understand. But, um, you know, Buffalo's, Buffalo's defense is just, just not the same, you know, that it was. And like I said, it was a nice story. A.J. Klein is a great story. But when you get him locked up on Travis Kelsey, it's a completely different set of circumstances. And, and also, you know, it was not the same as it was is, is Steph Diggs. I mean, I understand everybody's focusing on the drop, but that was really the only time that they fed the ball to him down the field. I mean, there's just something. He's not getting separation down the field. He's, he's kind of lost the step. Yeah, it's I mean, it's clear. Obvious. And they, they try to get the ball in his hands around the line of scrimmage and stuff. That happens like four, five, six times a game. Well, they were trying to get him involved early and often. 
so he doesn't become a distraction on the sideline. But, but he can't get down the field open anymore. Clearly, he, he's done. He's done there. Yeah, I mean, it's that's what he it will be done there. They'll they'll redo their 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 wide receiver core, and you know, Josh will have probably you know, I, I will say James Cook came into his own this year, so that's good. They have that coming back. Uh, they do have Dalton Kincaid and uh, you know, and and Knox as their tight ends, which are very good. They have very good offensive line, so they, they'll be right in the mix next year, and they will get faster. And the Shakir kid is really fast for them. And he made some nice plays yesterday, too. So, hey, look, the cupboard's not bare. They just got to they gotta stay healthy. They'll most likely get rid of Von Miller. Yeah. You know, he made a couple plays yesterday, but we really haven't seen much of him at all this year coming off of that knee injury. So I would think that he's probably done there. But, but it, uh, you know, when you also think about this, too. So we think about coaches, John Harbaugh and Andy Reid, two great coaches. And, by the way, John Harbaugh is the – Prime example of why you stay with a coach. An owner, Steve Bashotti, very people know anything about, runs a steady hand, steady ship, has had two GMs, Ozzie Newsom and Eric DaCosta, and John Harbaugh. How many times has John Harbaugh won a Super Bowl? Oh, one time. Right, exactly. Yeah. You don't fire coaches, you know, if they don't make it. Like there's there's something to his level of excellence. That for some reason the perception is, oh, they'll never fire him. But meanwhile, we got to get rid of Nick Sirianni. We got to get rid of Mike McCarthy because those guys suck. You know, if if they felt that way about John Harbaugh five years ago, they would have fired him. Yeah, but there, but there's a culture there. There's there's a real professional way of doing things. And I will say that in the in the AFC North, I feel like three organizations are kind of the same way, and that's the Steelers, the Bengals. And, of course, the Ravens. I, I'm not sure about the Browns because some of the decisions that they've made over the last 10 years yeah. are ridiculous. I mean, j- one thing, though, I mean, I know that the comparisons with Sirianni, McCarthy, Harbaugh, but not not every situation is the same. You know, There were a couple times that we felt like, especially in the playoffs, you know, where the teams looked like they were not prepared to play these playoff games. That's something that never happens with a John Harbaugh team. Like, well, you're right. I mean, that, some I mean, coaches are just better than other coaches. Right. And last year, you know, we, we questioned whether or not Lamar should have played in the playoffs. And, you know, his backup went in there, and they almost won a game. And if yeah. it wasn't for an incredible fumble return by the Cincinnati Bengals on defense, Trey Hendrickson, I think it was. I think, yeah, I think so. I think uh, he took it back like 99 yards down yeah. in the goal line. <laughs> I mean, they probably don't win that game. And, and John Harbaugh and, and the Ravens are moving on with Tyler Huntley as their backup quarterback, which is amazing to me. But I was talking about, okay, so we have two great quarterbacks. We have the presumptive MVP. We have a guy who's 6-0 in divisional games. A guy that's going to his sixth straight AFC championship game in Patrick Mahomes. So we have that covered. We have two great kickers. So two kickers missed kicks this weekend. Anders Carlson for the Packers. Mm -hmm. And then yesterday, Tyler Bass for Buffalo. Those kicks end up killing those teams. Absolutely. And, and you have two great kickers in Harrison Butker and J- Justin Tucker playing in this AFC championship game. And it just kind of goes to show you, you just never know when those guys are going to end up showing up and being important. But these two guys have been proven winners. So you got all the stars and get the right teams, I believe, in the AFC championship game. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network just getting started on this Monday morning. Jerry Recco is back. He's got an update for us just a couple of minutes.
Worried about letting someone else pick out the perfect avocado for your perfect impress them on the third date guacamole? Well, good thing Instacart shoppers are as picky as you are. They find ripe avocados like it's their guac on the line. They are milk expiration date detectives. They bag eggs like the 12 precious pieces of cargo they are. So let Instacart shoppers overthink your groceries so that you can overthink what you'll wear on that third date. Download the Instacart app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, You call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. All right, Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. I think we can finally, we talk a lot about the sports gods, but I think we can finally put the sports gods to bed and realize that it's just not a thing. Because if the sports gods existed, DeMar Hamlin would have gotten that first down on that fake punt. That would have happened if there were sports gods up above and DeMar Hamlin gets that ball on that fourth down in this key situation. And you knew, I understand there was only 10 guys on the field, and it was sort of like crazy how they were doing it. But clearly, Sean McDermott and the Bills came up with this, like, let's get the ball to DeMar Hamlin in this situation. How cool would that be if he were able to get a first down on a fake punt in a big part of the game? And it's then good. It's good to see him out there. He actually made a couple tackles on special teams. So, I mean, but that was stupid. Doing that was stupid. Well, the defense held, I believe. Uh, and I well, think that they was the fumble the after that. Yeah, that yes. was a fumble through the end zone after right. that. But, but still. They were lucky I, to get that fumble they, through they the end were, zone. They were very lucky. All right, uh, Jerry's here with all the details. What's going on, Jerry? Good morning brought to you by Jack Pocket. Order official state lottery games on your phone. Um, we can get to the fake punt in a little while. But first, we will give you uh, part two. Another edition of Wide Right, and this went wide right for the Bills again. Placement down, Bass's kick is up, and the kick is no good! A little prophecy! Tyler Bass has struggled, and he just misses the kick! He did from 44 yards out, but there was still a lot of time left. 143 to go, and the Bills did have a couple of timeouts if they could stop the Chiefs from not getting a first down. Fortunately for Kansas City, they did. Unfortunately for the Bills, they did not. Hands it off, runs hard, pushes, 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 first down at his own 45-yard line at a minute 28 to go. Gaining just enough to move the chains. And that was uh, Chiefs Radio with uh, both calls. You know, it's going to be interesting. Isaiah Pacheco running into that Baltimore defense this week. There are going to be some violent collisions. That kid's a Rutgers kid. He is. And yes, he is. Uh, he's he's been like a... A revelation for the, this team. Took a lot of pressure off of Patrick Mahomes throughout the year and has had a great season. And uh, you could just see how hard he runs. I mean, what did he, Nate say? He runs like 
A little kid trying on new shoes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, yeah, <laughs> that's exactly. what it was. Yeah, yeah. Very funny, actually. Yeah, it was perfect. Yeah. Well, he ran for 97 yards well, the touchdown. That Phil that Simpson said earlier in the year, he runs like he hates the ground. I like so, that, too. Yeah, so there's yeah. a lot of little, uh, you know, compliments in, in, in our way of talking about how tough the kid is. That's really what it comes down to. 27-24 the final. Patrick Mahomes, 215. Couple of touchdowns. What a win on the road in Orchard Park. Yeah, that was fun. Um... I love Arrowhead, but uh, it's always fun when you get to come together as a team and really just be like y'all versus, versus everybody and, and get the win. So uh, it's always great to be in great environments and uh, find a way to get a win. And they did get the win, and here was Pacheco on closing it down with that first down run. It's very important uh, to protect the ball. And for me right there, that's the biggest part of the game. Um, knowing the team, was knowing you're going to run it, just cover it up with two hands and, and allow uh, the low line to work and be patient. What does he sound like? He has a... He sounds like so. Who does he sound like? That's a good question. Yeah. It's very important uh, to protect the ball. And for me it's right like there, that's the biggest part of the game. Um, that's who he sounds I can like. See that. like yeah, McPherson. I can see that. That's pretty good. What do you think, Al? I still haven't heard much of the Keith McPherson because it's on at night. It's hard right. for me to judge that. He sounds just like him. All right. I, I think you're close on that. Yeah, it's so pretty good. Keith is obviously from Jersey. Yeah. Is Isaiah Ocean Pacheco, Township, I think. Is Isaiah Pacheco from Jersey? I, that I don't know. He's got a New York accent, that's for sure. I know he went to Rutgers. Just Google it. I, don't know if I am. Just shut up for one sure. second. De- protect the ball. The way yeah, he said that. Vineland, New Jersey. Yeah. There he you is. go. Well, there you go. See, it sounds just like Keith McPherson. How about that? On the other side of things, while the Chiefs are on to their count them, sixth straight championship game, AFC championship game, the Bills for the third time in four years have their season end at the hands of the Bills again, or at the Chiefs again. Here's Josh Allen. Uh, it's over. Sucks. Losing sucks. Losing them, losing anybody at home sucks. Nope, not great. And the season's such a grind. Micah Hyde knows there goes an opportunity. You realize how, how hard it is to make it back here. You know, what we, what we had to win, what, seven straight, six straight, whatever the hell it was, to get to, back to this point. <sighs> not to mention the roster changes every season. So, um, it's always tough. Very tough. And so the Chiefs advance to take on the Ravens uh, Sunday at 3 p.m. on CBS. The other championship game will feature, we know, the Niners, of course, and it will be the Lions. Jared leans in. There's the snap. Jared back. Jared looks. Jared throws right side. It is caught. Touchdown, Detroit Lions. Amon Ross, St. Brown. That was Dan Miller on Lions Radio. That put him up by a couple of scores. They would win 31-23. Lions for the first time in 32 years heading to the NFC title game. You know what's nice about that last drive there for that touchdown is that that was a point in the game where you would say, okay, they're going to give the ball to Jameer Gibbs or David Montgomery, and they didn't do that. Ben Johnson, the offense coordinator that is up for a lot of these jobs, is being interviewed uh, as a head coach, I mean, was pushing the pedal to the metal and was throwing the ball down the field. And Jared Goff was up to it, and, you know, he made some key throws, including that touchdown pass to Amon Ross St. Brown, which was great. He goes in the record books with Tobin Rote. (laughs) (laughs) And Bobby Lane. Bobby Lane. Tobin Rote and Bobby Lane. Now, Bobby Lane I had heard of because I I believe he was with the Steelers for a while, too. So when I got to Pittsburgh, I, I had learned about him. Um, but, and I, I believe he was a big drinker. Like that was one of the things that they, I remember reading about Bobby Lane. So QBs with multiple playoff wins in a season. So for, and the, Lions history, and Lions, history. I am, but, but the Lions in 1991 won to the NFC championship game and 
uh, what what's his name? Eric Kramer was the quarterback. Didn't they win two games to get to the NFC Championship? Were they back were then? they a uh, did they have a buy? One of the two buys. Well, they had to win at least two games. No, right? no, no. You no, had no, a buy, yeah, win the divisional, then lose they the championship. Probably had a buy then. That was Wayne Fonts, Eric Kramer, Herman Moore, Barry Sanders, Chris Spielman, Jerry Ball was the nose tackle. Ninety-one Lions. Yeah. Cars, bars, booze, and the legend of Bobby Lane. <laughs> I was right about that. There you go, yes. <laughs> Here's Dan Campbell. When he came in, he was talking about biting off kneecaps and then uh, falling down and biting off someone else's kneecaps. Well, it's worked out for him in his tenure because now he's going to the title game. He says, look at us. Here we are sitting, uh, you know, one of the last four teams. That was, um, you know, that was that's the type of game that, that I envisioned uh, against Tampa. I mean, that's that's a outstanding team it's a hot team um you know we knew it was going to come down to the end mentioned uh the touchdown for st brownie and eight catches for 77 yards matt laporta looked a lot healthier nine catches for 65 <sighs> jameer gibbs and josh reynolds with touchdown runs for todd Bowles's team they played hard they were in it but they still lost and we fought obviously anything short of the super bowl is a disappointment it's not what we, we didn't come in to make noise we came in to get to the super bowl so from that standpoint it's a disappointment baker mayfield three to 349 through the air three touchdowns but the two picks and he hates losing it, it sucks i feel like my heart just got ripped out but it's football is a complex game but it's also simple it comes down to taking care of the ball and of course the uh, interception not amazing to me is how like their offense. I think he got sacked four times. I think three out of the four sacks, there were guys that were supposed to block people that just didn't block people. <laughs> like Aiden Hutchinson came through, and I'm like, if you're the right tackle, like that's the guy you got to block. Do you not see him? <laughs> what are you doing? He's standing right there. <laughs> and uh, you know, so Baker doesn't think that that guy's going to be you know back as quickly as he possibly did. He was lucky he didn't fumble the ball. But I, look, I, I love what Baker Mayfield did this year. Yeah, I felt bad for him when he threw that pick. You could see how much it meant to him, obviously. And it just it, it wasn't a good throw. He forced it. He was trying to be trying to be hero ball there, and he just made a bad decision. I think uh, you know he's going to get a nice contract extension from Buck uh, from the Bucks. I I would think like I would do like three years, maybe one hundred and twenty million, and. Make 60 of it guaranteed, then you can get out of it after two if you're not really sure about what he's doing. And they got to figure out what they're doing with Mike Evans, too, because his contract is up as well. Speaking of contracts being up, fallout from the Cowboys' loss to the Packers. As Shannon Sharp recaps one, we got family members now talking. It was Shannon Sharp on the Nightcap podcast. CD mom, Lita Ramirez, wrote on Facebook, Dak isn't it. I wish CD would leave. They need to get rid of Dak ass. If guys on that team that want the ring, they work too hard. Dak don't want to win a ring. And of course, Chad Ochocinco would react. You this for real? Is, this is are what you, I. T- are you sure it was her? Yes. She, she won hack. <laughs> I don't think she was, because then you also got Micah Parsons' brother saying, "Get him the hell out of Dallas." <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> it's unbelievable. That what team the is blaming the coaching I'm staff. I'm so sick and, and tired of that team and all the crap that they pull and are all going after crap. their quarterback. A lot of oh crap. God, my just oh, family members getting involved and now. And then Tad Prescott came to Dak's defense. Yes. He wants Dak out of Dallas, too. Just because he, he doesn't believe he's being respected. Correct. That's why. And the fan base kills him. The media kills him. Correct. But family members, your teammates are killing you. Uh, that, too. Yes. Man. What a what Good a, times. What an absolute disaster. That so, place you know is. what? 
let's run it back. <laughs> oh, gosh. I mean, coach wins 36 games. Quarterback has his best year ever. He's in the middle of his prime. Yeah, let's get rid of the, let's get rid of the coach. Yeah. So the quarterback well, has would to have, a yes. whole other system all, all over again. Yeah. Maybe yeah, you could actually practice to, to you know stop the other team maybe next time. Get rid of Dak ass is what she said. <laughs> I mean, what do you, what do you look like if you're Dak? Like, what I do you say know. to CeeDee Lamb? Like, I don't know. Mom to shut the F up. <laughs> I thought they were really tight, those two. Maybe. I, I mean, mean the mom Lamb. could be going rogue here. You know, just because she's so, saying it doesn't mean that CD believes is it. it. Uh, you would think so. But then listening to Shannon and Chad talk, they were, and Boomer can obviously speak more than weekend to this. They said in all of their experiences playing the games, when it's coming from the family, it's almost all Think of the time the coming year, from the player. CD it's 100 percent like agree. I told you, I, I I live this. I know. I live this with one of my teammates at the Jets whose family was accusing me of not throwing the ball accurately to him as opposed to other players who played the same position. <laughs> I wish I could have had a sit down with the family. Uh because my family was around this and heard right, this right. conversation because they had no idea that you know my family was around them. I, I wish I could have had a, a you know conversation with the player's family and said look your your loved one, the one that you think is the greatest thing that ever hit the earth, doesn't know where the F is going. <laughs> so until he learns everything that there is to learn, shut up. <laughs> that that's how like that's how Dak feels right now. I'm sure he does. I mean, because CD Lamb's body language it was in that awful. Game right, was awful. Once they fell behind, he hey, looked hey, like he checked hey, out. Hey, hey, Mama Ramirez, the ball went right through his hands. Yeah. on the sideline. How about how about your son make the catch? And I think Micah Parsons' brother's pissed off because he's taking a beating for being like invisible in that game. That's oh. Dak's fault. <laughs> no, no, he had nothing to say about Dak. He was he was complaining about the coaches. That was Micah Parsons' brother. And right now, Mike McCarthy is coaches. Yeah. Mike McCarthy's somewhere on a beach in Aruba <laughs> going, look at a chicken Caesar wrap and another pina colada, please. Jose, thank you. you know, it sucks for him, and it is something that's serious that I was telling you about this. They're not going to give him a contract extension. Nope. Now, I guess Coach Coward told me yesterday that Jason Garrett had two years like this. Mm. And Jason went out there and coached and ended up getting them to the playoffs and ended up getting a four-year contract extension. We'll huh. see. We shall I mean, that, see. That, that team, man. That team and that's fan base. Ugh. Ugh. Nets led the uh, Clippers 99-84 after three. Then watch the Clippers run right by them. L.A. only scored the final 22 points, and they beat the Nets 125-114. James Harden, 24 points, 10 assists. Uh, Illinois did beat Rutgers yesterday, 86-63. You've got Hofstra and Stony Brook coming up tonight. The Rangers played the Ducks. The Rangers spotted the Ducks a 2-0 lead, and then they came storming back. Trocek up the boards. That was Panarin's pass to Fox. Panarin shoots! And that was Sam Rosen with the call on MSG. That was the go-ahead goal. Artemi Panarin will coil the game tying goal in the third. Rangers score four times in the final period. Beat the Ducks 5-2. to two. Igor Shosturkin didn't have to do much work. 16 saves. He only had yeah, 18 Ducks shots. Stink, Not bad. Man. Well, and you beat them 5-2. The, the Kings stunk, too, and we couldn't get a goal. Our bottom six cannot score unless the goalie's pulled. Well, you got five yesterday, and you're now 29-15-2. And when did Patrick Waugh become the head coach of the this Islanders? Weekend, this weekend. By the way, My so God. Peter Schwartz was on with us. Yeah. And I said, Peter, okay, a little hockey talk. How are the Islanders doing? 
What did Peter say? He said, I would like a coaching change, and I would like Bruce Boudreau to be the head coach. But he was all, he goes, I didn't like the, the, the way the team has been playing, and all of a sudden, he was right on it. How about that? So Next thing you know, Patrick Waugh comes in here, and uh, it's going to be a serious wake-up call with this guy. And the Islanders beat the Stars in overtime, 3-2, Bo Horvat with the game winner there. Dem- Your mouth to God's yeah. lips. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the Devils and uh, Golden Knights tonight, and in golf, 20-year-old amateur Nick Dunlop won the American Express in La Quinta, First uh, uh, amateur winner since Phil Mickelson in 91 at the Tucson Open to win. All right, let me ask you a question. So all these college athletes are making all this money, getting all this nil money and all this endorsement money, and there are these collectives paying all these basketball players and volleyball players and gymnasts are even making lots of money. God bless them. Uh, and now this guy is an amateur, wins a... A tournament where there's like what a one point eight million dollar first yeah, prize. Yeah, right around a million and a half, yeah. Yeah. And he doesn't get it. Yeah, I don't know if that is a collegiate thing or it's just when you enter the PGA tour as an amateur. Right. Like like I think if he were even out of college and just didn't have his PGA tour card, he still wouldn't have gotten the money. I don't I don't believe that the NCAA rules prohibited him from making money anymore. Oh, I don't know about that, but I maybe maybe it is the PGA tour, but I do know this. He does get a couple of things that come along with this, like an exemption to the Masters for the next two years. Yep. And sponsorships. And he some can now sponsorships take. and everything. I hope he can. No, yeah, he can. yeah. That's of part of the can. NIL. Here's the other thing. Well, he won with a 29 under. What would they play, like 5,100 yards or something? It's like a pitch and putt golf course. You see this, though. Some courses play very easy for these guys. I, They're hitting I, I, what I think, I think the PGA Tour is going to make a lot of these courses a lot easier because they want the lower numbers. They want big numbers, mm. just like three point shots and home runs. And more goals in the in you know hockey and things of that nature. The the rules in football are all about making the game easier for the offense to get more points and all this other crap. Hey, well, this, and this by is, the way, this was, a, this was a nice little moment for a twenty year old kid. I know, you're crapping all over. No, it. no, it was a great you are moment. Crapping all and over the poor those... kid. It was an awesome sports story. You did yeah. a sportsman yeah. on it. I heard. I did. And, I did. and you're and you're crapping all over the no, moment. No, I'm not. No, I'm you're not. You're looking no, at I think it it's an awesome negatively. Story. But here's the thing. Yeah. You got all those slaps that went over to live. If they were a part of this tournament, oh, here you know, we go again. I mean, it's an, it's an opportunity for young guys now to make their names because guys, the slaps are taking the money from the Saudis. <laughs> Congratulations, Nick Dunlap, <laughs> on behalf of Boomer and Geo for your amazing <laughs> accomplishment. You yeah. know what? And the amazing thing is, like two years ago, you wouldn't even give a rat's ass. Well, okay. I mean, and now I do. I, this is the first thing you talked to me about this morning, which yeah. is, you know, it's like you are all over it. Well, I figured it was something cool. different. It was know? pretty cool, him walking up the 18th with Justin Thomas. That was very cool, and he could hear the microphone, and Justin Thomas was like, hey, pretty cool, huh? And everybody's cheering for him. And then Justin Thomas said to him, if the slaps didn't take the money from the Saudis, you'd never be doing this. 29 under, what a joke. Uh, Boomer and Geo coming to you live with the Build Ford Tough studio. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash recommend today. 
baseball is in full swing. NBA playoffs are heating up. And your NFL team is gearing up for training camp. Listen to the latest on the teams you love here on the Odyssey app. The biggest sports radio stations in the country providing unrivaled local coverage of their teams all in one place. Exclusive interviews with players, coaches, and team executives streaming live and always available on demand. Stay in the know with your favorite teams right here on the Odyssey app. Boomer and Geo on the fan and CBS Sports Network. The end of the Bucks lions game was nuts in the fact that both coaches lost their mind. Uh, first, Dan Campbell, they didn't use the clock properly where they could have run the clock out and there wouldn't have been an issue at all for the Buccaneers to try to come back, but they screwed up the timing of the clock. And then after that, Todd Bowles didn't either realize it or thought it was useless to take that final timeout, have the Lions attempt a field goal. Because remember, they're down eight at this point. So if the Lions attempt, it's a 49-yard field goal. It's not a gimme. So if they attempt that field goal, if they take that timeout, the Lions attempt that field goal, it's blocked, they miss it, bad snap, whatever. Yeah, great field position. It would have been, you got like 60 yards to go, roughly, in about 30 seconds. Now, unlikely that all those things happen, but it's the playoffs. We've seen different things happen in the playoffs. Give saw, yourself a chance. We saw Patrick Mahomes move the ball 13 seconds into uh, Harrison Butker range, and all he did was, you know, money kick the ball in a freezing cold day. I mean, I was just, I, I could not believe it because I'm thinking, I'm looking at the math. I'm like, this is, this isn't right. And I'm like, call the timeout. Did trot the field goal unit out there. Imagine if the Lions had lost in that way. Oh, my God. If Baker Mayfield goes down the field and the touchdown and two-point conversion in 30 seconds. So all the things I worry about is you know, game management from a coach's perspective. And game game management is really what they're known for. I mean, like, we can sit here whatever we want and say about Rob Sala doesn't talk to this guy or Brian Dable screaming at that guy. <laughs> Two opposite ways of coaching, which is fine. But at the end of the the game and when the game is over and we sit there and we sit in judgment of these coaches, a lot of it has to do with game management. Now, certainly you'd like your players to be able to efficiently, you know, get the job done on the field with what's happening in front of you. So they, the game management aspect of it doesn't really come into fruition. And all it really comes into fruition when there's a drop pass, there's, there's a missed tackle or something like that. And then all of a sudden everybody goes back to what the coach did and, and how his decision making was. But this is why coaches should have somebody in that box up there that is analytically driven, understands the game of football and knows how the game that they're playing themselves within right then and there will help them with game management decisions. Yes, because every game and every situation is different, and there's and everybody is watching this game. Sees the interception, says the game is over. Now, maybe that's why both coaches at that point just like exhaled and said, "Okay, that's the end of this." But that's really no excuse. I mean, you got to make sure if you're the Lions to not give the Bucks a chance, and then for the Bucks not to acknowledge that or not realize that. I mean, maybe they just assume that the Lions wouldn't have screwed up the clock and they weren't even paying attention, but. Both of those things are completely inexcusable. Well, the amazing thing to me was the series before that is when, you know, Jared Goff is throwing and they're being aggressive. They're up seven points instead of trying to kill the clock and running the ball. Yeah. They're, you know, uh, what's his name? Um, 
the offense coordinator. Ben Johnson. Ben Johnson is, is throwing the ball. And, you know, Jared Goff is completing it. And they move right down the field and they take a 14-point lead. And you're thinking, wow, that, that's how you finish games. You, you be aggressive. You trust your players. And, you know, when they got a roll, when they got a roll going on, you play to that role. And I think that's exactly what Ben Johnson was doing. But then after that, things changed, especially because Aaron Glenn's defense got soft and they let the Bucks go right down the field. Yeah. I mean, it was going back and forth there for a while. I mean, that, and that drive you're talking about was like four minutes and like 80 yards in a blink of an eye. Yes. I mean, it was really, really impressive. And that Bucks defense was just their heads were spinning. During that drive, but you know the, the Lions, I believe, are the better team. Uh, they earned this chance to take on the 49ers on Championship Sunday, and man, Debo Samuel going out of that game, and I don't think that, and I don't want to sit here and criticize all the broadcasts because it's silly. I understand it's it's easy for us to sit here and do that, but I don't think they spent enough time on that injury during the game. That is a crucial, I, I crucial Aaron, thing. I think Aaron Andrews got screwed, really, literally, because I think that. She, you know, she makes a, a comment saying that, you know, he's questionable. And then the next shot, you see him on the sideline in a, in a sweatshirt. <laughs> like he's not coming back. He's out. I, I think she got bad information from the team for whatever reason. I don't know. This is what I'm assuming. Yeah. Because she made the report that he was questionable. And the next thing you know, he's on the sideline in his sweatshirt, meaning that he's, he's done. He's not playing. Right. And then prior to that, when he gets hurt, comes off the field, go, they show him going to the medical tent. They don't give an update there, and then the next thing you know, he's back in the game. And then he had played a couple more plays and then came out. Right. And they and the, never talked about it. And the same thing happened last night, I think, with Dawson Knox of the Buffalo Bills. He w- he went to go get evaluated, and Tracy was reporting that. Yeah. And as she were as she was reporting, you know, eighty eight Dawson Knox is in the blue ten. He's you know, it's questionable. There's eighty eight on the field running. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Like, sometimes they don't get the right information or they're getting inaccurate information just because maybe somebody from the team is not doing their job as effectively as you would have hoped. But I, I'm like, where did Debo Samuel get hurt? Uh, well, I guess when he was slammed down to the ground here, it was his shoulder right as we're watching a replay there. Well, just, he fell on his back. Yeah, I don't know. I, I'm not sure, but it was his shoulder. Yeah, it's. It, but that guy, he, he, obviously any one of those three, Purdy, McCaffrey, or uh, Debo Samuel and you know Kittle stepped up, but those three guys when they're together and they're healthy, they never lose. Well, we all we all know that, but I mean, Jordan Love basically lost it in the second half. I, he was having a great first half. He looked like he was totally in charge, and then he went back to being Jordan Love in the first three or four weeks of the season. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance too with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. 
Hey, Rob Bradford here. I have set out on a mission with my good friends at FanDuel to prove what I have known for some time. Baseball isn't boring. Now I have a daily podcast to prove it with some of the most notable people in the baseball world screaming baseball isn't boring from the mountaintops or at least agreeing to come on our show. Players, managers, GMs, and yes, even the commissioner of baseball, Rob Manfred. It has been a constant wave of baseball's most powerful voices. So join the revolution. Subscribe and soak in baseball isn't boring. Listen on your Odyssey app or wherever you get your podcasts. You'll be glad you did.